It is episode 42 of the night shift as we head into the final week of the OHL's regular season. My name is Mike Stubbs along with Kyle Grimard. You can find Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980 and you can find this show wherever you get podcasts or at 980cfpl.ca. Leave us a review, send us any questions you may have. You can get those through to Mike at 980cfpl.ca. We are going to be talking about the possibilities over the final week of the regular season. How much control do the London Knights have over their fate? The answer is actually a lot, but that doesn't make it easy for finishing first place in the Western Conference. We'll get to that in just a moment. The skills competition took place on Sunday, March 19th, and Team Mayu ended up with, it was an overtime shootout victory. We'll have to explain that. They had to go beyond the shootout in order to determine a winner. And we also would like to congratulate three former London Knights, Jason Wilms, Cameron Baber, Cody Morgan. They are University Cup champions with the UNB Reds. So all of that is coming up. And then we also have something that came out very early on March the 20th that deals with playoff tickets. So before we get to any of the other stuff, let's tell you how you can get to see a London Knights playoff game because tickets are available for game one and game two right now. Game one will be March the 31st, and that will be at Budweiser Gardens at 7 p.m. It's a Friday night. Game two, we already know, will be Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. at Budweiser Gardens. We have no idea who the Knights will be playing. I think you can safely say it's one of three teams now instead of one of five. That's the way the weekend started. I think we're looking at an Owen Sound, Guelph, or Kitchener first round, Kyle. But even that's not for sure. No, it's not right now, but it seems the most likely with Owen Sound currently sitting in that seventh position with London firmly in the second. There is a possibility where London could even leapfrog Windsor and take over first in the Western Conference, but Windsor is two points up with three games to go as well, and two of those games are against said London Knights, so it's going to determine everything this weekend. But Kitchener is tied with Owen Sound at 69 points as well, so they could leapfrog them, even though Owen Sound is a game in hand. And then Guelph, who has been on a really good stretch. They're 7-3 over their last 10 games. They sit in 6 with 71 points. So there is still a lot that needs to happen before things are firmly established. But as of right now, the options are open, but it's looking like it's going to likely be one of, as you mentioned, Guelph, Owen, Sounder, Kitchener. And if you get Guelph or Kitchener, these two clubs have been playing really well really since good. the trade deadline. Kitchener is 17-11-3 since the trade deadline, and it's shocking that they haven't been able to climb up any more than they have. And the Guelph Storm have 36 points since the trade deadline, which actually makes them just one point below the Rangers in the way that things have been going for them. So Guelph, after a really tough start, has had a good run, and they are not an easy opponent either. Whoever it is, whoever it is, 
The Knights know that they will play game one and game two on March 31st and on April 2nd. So let's find out about a playoff presale that is underway. Here is Knights Director of Marketing and Game Day Operations, Alex Brown. Just as if you were to buy a ticket to any other game, we have our presale available and linked uh, on LondonKnights.com under tickets or through the Budweiser Gardens um, ticket website as well. So just like you're to buy a ticket to any other game, of course, uh, for this scenario, we aren't able to assign seats right away. So you're purchasing um, your zone or the, or the section you like to sit in between a club section, lower bowl or upper bowl ticket. And then once we uh, gather all the tickets that come back to us for sale, uh, we'll assign those and, and be able to deliver those at that time. So it's 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 pretty unique. It's pretty cool. And just, you know what, the, the team doing so well and having home ice advantage has allowed us to do this. Um, we have a couple weeks here before playoffs start. And so we're just gearing up and making sure we're going to fill the house of green. Let's pretend that we are somebody who wants to buy a ticket right now. If I didn't have a place in the broadcast booth, I would be that person. So I would go to LondonKnights.com and I'm deciding whether I want to sit in an upper bowl seat, a lower bowl seat, or a club seat. And then I am purchasing a ticket or two tickets or four tickets, whatever it happens to be, for one of those sections. Exactly. One of those zones, we'll call them. Um, so a lower bowl seat being anywhere between 101 to 113. Um, the club seats, which are uh, that premium seating that Budweiser Gardens offers in between 113 and 117. And then, of course, the entire upper bowl, upper bowl excuse me, will be available as well. So this gives everybody a great chance to get a ticket to be at one of those first two playoff games or both of those first two playoff games. Yeah, we're hoping that everyone that goes through the pre-sale method will be able to get a ticket. Um, of course, we can't guarantee that right now. So uh, if the situation arises where more reservations come in than we have tickets, uh, it's on a first-come, first-served basis. So anyone that misses that deadline uh, or is on the outside, let's say, looking in, will uh, receive a full refund. Um, but, uh, you know what, these tickets that we're going to be able to assign within this pre-sale program are going to be our best available seats, so the best lower bowl tickets, the best upper bowl tickets and the best, best club tickets, um, all with, uh, that you can do now and not have to worry about doing, you know, when they get maybe re-released or opened up, uh, two days before the game. So, uh, just getting ahead, like I said, getting ahead of things and making sure people have the time they need to make these decisions. Alex Brown joining us, director of marketing and game day operations with the London Knights. How do you find out where your seat is going to be? You say these are going to be the best seats available. So how and when do we find out where they are? So the deadline for the pre-sale is going to be Tuesday, March 28th. Um, our business staff will be assigning those tickets, again, on a first-come, first-served basis on Wednesday, March 29th. And then finally on Thursday, March the 30th at 10 a.m., uh, these will be sent either uh, either method you've chosen at purchase, which is uh, electronically by email, um, or if you've if you've chosen the pickup option here at the Aluminum Associates London Knights Armory. Okay, London Knights presale underway and on until March the what? Tuesday, March twenty eighth. Tuesday, March 28th. So we've got a little over a week, and you said first come, first serve. So head to LondonKnights.com. Oh, this means playoffs are close. Alex, thank you for the time today. Thanks, Dubsy, as always. We appreciate it, and we'll see you guys uh, in the playoffs. So get to LondonKnights.com. 
Get in on that pre-sale and get ready to be in the House of Green. The playoffs are just around the corner. But first, Kyle, we have a week to figure out who it is that the Knights will match up against. If we go back over the weekend that just happened, the London Knights wound up with a win over the Kingston Frontenacs by a score of 6-3 to three, and a loss in Flint the very next night, 4-3. to three. If we start with the win over Kingston, Kyle, the game itself didn't start all that well. The Knights were down 2 nothing after the first period, but then came this second period. They outshot Kingston 25-5 to and outscored them 5 to nothing. This team, the London Knights, showed what they can do when they really put that foot down on the gas. Five goals in a period, holding their opponents to five shots. It was wildly impressive. And even, you know, during the first period, you looked over and, you know, rookie goaltender Mason Vicari, who was, despite the six goals against, he was very good in this game. It was just the onslaught afterwards, but you could just get a sense where, man, London's really going to have to work hard to put pucks in. And then it happened after Ryan Humphrey with a big physical check, but he went off for a penalty. The Knights then killed said penalty and immediately afterwards got the ball rolling. A couple of their big guns start getting in on the action. And of course, Ryan Winterton leading the way with a hat trick, three goals and an assist on the night. And really was a big focal point of why they were able to turn it around and go from being down to nothing to all of a sudden up with five goals in the second period. Ryan Winterton's first career OHL hat trick, and he and Max McHugh hooked up twice. One on this little floater of a pass through the air that Winterton took from McHugh and put in the net, and another little centering feed from McHugh to Winterton. We talked with the two of them about what happened between the first period and the second period, and then those goals that they scored. Here's Max McHugh. I wouldn't say anything in particular. We just wanted to bring our compete level up. I mean, we thought we had a decent first. Like, it wasn't, um, you know, what we thought the score was, 2 nothing them. And, uh, you know, we thought we controlled most of the play. But, um, you know, we were, we were pretty just determined in the room to, you know, just come out and work harder and, um, you know, try and capitalize on our chances. Ryan, you know what it takes to elevate to what you need to do to get things done. 25-5 in shots, five goals. What's a period like that feel like? Yeah, I mean, in the second, I think the ice was tilted a bit, so um, that felt good, but, you know, we needed that after the first um, and losing the two prior, so it was a big win for us. We're happy to get it at home and then hopefully another one tonight. Sean McGurn pokes in a shorthanded goal, and then you two go to work for a couple. Max, talk about the first one, because you're on the left side of the ice, you come across the blue line, and you loft this thing in the air. Did you see Ryan going to the net? Yeah, Wentz gave me a nice pass, and I was just, you know, kind of skating down the ice, and um, the reason I kind of slowed up at the blue was um, I didn't really think I was going to take the D wide, and I saw Wentz kind of, you know, busting down the right side there, so um, I thought I'd just slow up a bit and try and loft one back post, and, you know, luckily enough, he put it top shelf. Ryan, when a puck's coming along the ice, that's one thing. This thing's coming through the air, so how do you react to that? Well, yeah, honestly, it was a terrible pass. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, it was a great pass by Q. Um, yeah, slowed up his speed and then put a perfect pass back post. And then, yeah, I was lucky enough to bury it. Then the next shift, another another good forecheck by Q. Um, it was just there to poke it in. And then you finish off a hat trick in this first OHL hat trick. Yeah, it was my first first 
for sombrero, so it felt good. Yeah, it took me long enough, so first sombrero felt good. Now, that's sombrero. Where does that go? Because you have to keep the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to talk to my billets. Um, it's definitely going to hang up for the rest of the year. They got a couple of sombreros. They had Luke and Robbie um, prior year, so they got a lot of sombreros there. So I might take this one home to kind of remember the night's days. So um, I don't know. I got to talk to them, see, see what they want to do with it, and I might take it home. Though. So when the London Knights have the foot on the gas, that's the kind of thing they can do. Kingston is a team looking toward next year, sure, but this is a team that certainly gave the Sarnia Sting some trouble on Saturday. The Sting snuck by them 4-3, and then, well, Kingston just ran out of gas playing London and Sarnia and Kitchener, and Kitchener stomped them on Sunday, and that allows Kitchener to certainly have their eyes set on something that isn't eighth place going into this final week. So, Kyle, let's determine what it is that can happen over this final week. The Knights really do have control of their own fate, even if they want to finish first overall. That is still within their own grasp because they'll determine it. The problem is it's not going to be easy. So Windsor and Guelph are going to play on Wednesday. And if Windsor were to win that game, they would be four points up on the London Knights and own the tiebreaker going into the final weekend. So that would force the London Knights to beat Windsor Friday night in London, beat Windsor Saturday night in Windsor, and then get at least a point against Kitchener on Sunday at home to the Rangers. So everything is still in the Knights' control to finish in first place. But, Kyle, look at what we just said. You have to beat Windsor once and then beat Windsor twice and then pull at least one point out of a game against Kitchener. That's what you have to do if you want to finish first if Windsor beats Guelph on Wednesday. If Guelph wins, then, well, the Knights can even afford a split with the Windsor Spitfires. Yeah, it, it kind of all determines once that game shapes up between Guelph and Windsor. And again, Guelph's been on a really good heater of late. They've won three straight. They've won seven of their last 10. They've been playing some really good hockey lately. And similarly to London, you know, Windsor hasn't really been dominant over their last 10 games. They're just 5-4-0-1 in their last 10. They haven't been running away with anything. So, you know, they're a team where that, that potentially could be a loss and could really change things going into the weekend for the London Knights. But Having said that, London's just got to focus on what only they can control. And that is the two games against Windsor, as you mentioned, and then the home game against Kitchener. And you got to be ready because that potential home game against Kitchener on the Sunday could very well be a playoff preview if the thing, if it things shape up the way they could, which is Kitchener potentially getting into that seven spot or London potentially leapfrogging Windsor and getting into the first spot because those both of those situations are very attainable for both teams. So you've got to make sure you, you focus on one game at a time, but then realize the Sunday game could be a preview of a first-round playoff matchup. You bet. And you have to get over the idea, and the Knights will still have that feeling from Flint lingering that that was an opportunity to move into a tie with the Windsor Spitfires. And you can't be looking back and doing the math in the standings. The Knights against Flint gave up two goals in a minute nine. They gave up another two goals in 15 seconds. It was a couple of lapses, but they wound up being that costly. Flint is that opportunistic a team. As much as they traded away 
you know, Brennan Othman during the season and didn't necessarily make a lot of moves. They picked up Nolan Dan at the trade deadline. This is still a club that's going to be awfully dangerous in the postseason because of that ability to score if given just the tiniest chance. So the Knights know that they missed out on an opportunity because the Sioux Greyhounds clobbered Windsor in the second of two games in the Sioux between those two teams. you got to erase that and you got to say, okay, now is the time. Now is the time when we we have to be who we're going to be and then go out and finish as high as they can. So it'll probably take that two wins against Windsor and then the point over the Kitchener Rangers in order to get it. And we'll break it down a little more as we get closer to those games later this week. Kyle, you host the scoring team. Sorry, second highest scoring team in the OHL right now, Flint. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's them. They are that opportunistic. Don't give them a chance. They'll put two pucks in in 15 seconds. The Knights proved it. And that ended up being the difference in the game in the third period on Saturday night. Kyle, you hosted the skills competition on the ice at Budweiser Gardens on Sunday, March the 19th. That had to be a lot of fun. It looked like it was a lot of fun. You know, it was a blast, uh, you know, actually getting to be on the ice and skate with the guys and just be there as they're going through. And you really get an up close and personal feel at just how one skilled they are and phenomenal they are at the ages of 16, 17 and 18, 19. And, you know, it was it was an absolute blast. The guys were a ton of fun, too. And Mike, the one thing you mentioned about London, you know, not overthinking about what happened to the Flint. And that happened the night prior. So going in, you know, you never know what the team is going to, how they're going to feel or what they're going to be. They are spirited. They're in a great mood. They were ready to have a good time and they embraced the skills competition and the fans coming out there and being a fan event where they were just on display doing all the things that the fans love seeing them do. And it really turned out to be a great afternoon of fun and laughter and skills and competition. There's the word right there. And we're going to hear from Logan Mayhew and Ryan Humphrey and Easton Callen. All of them played big roles in what was a win for their team. They were all on the same team, Team Mayhew. But they will talk about the competition level rising. Now, let's begin with Easton Cowan because, Kyle, we talked about this last week. You never know who is going to take the fastest skater competition. You would think, okay, I, I know, yeah, I know who it's going to be. And then all of a sudden it's somebody who comes out of nowhere. I don't know whether it's turning the corners like you have to, or whether it's just sneaky speed. Easton Cowan has great speed, but I don't know where would he be? If you started thinking, okay, who are the fastest skaters on the London Knights? I don't think his name would come up in the top one or two. Which I think it's really funny because I believe, Mike, it was in Flint that Easton Cowan came flying out of the neutral zone, beat his defender to the puck and went five hole. I believe it was to give the Knights the lead. And it was that same energy, that same burst that that propelled him to win. I think a lot of people would have picked Denver Barkey. Funny enough, going into Easton Cowan, who was the final skater in the competition, Denver Barkey had held the previous fastest time at, I think, 11.67 seconds. And Easton Cowan came in 11.57. 11.57. Here is Easton Cowan on being the fastest skater at the skills competition for the London Knights. I don't know. I think we're pretty lucky uh, Georgie wasn't in that. But uh, 
Yeah, you know, it was fun, you know, great experience out there, a bunch of good fans, you know, it was just awesome, you know, great way to spend the afternoon, and I think we got to barbecue with the boys now, so that'll be fun, and, you know, bond as a team is always good. Ryan Humphrey said, at first it was, oh, let's go out, let's have some fun, and then... Then it started to be a little bit more competitive. And then it got real competitive. Did you feel that? Yeah, you know what? You know, at the start of the shootout there, me and Mark just doing stuff for fun. But, you know, Maisie, obviously, he wanted to win it. So, you know, we, we hopped on that train. And, you know, we're glad we brought this one home, I guess. Take us through the fastest skate. What do you remember? Uh, you know, it was pretty quick. It was the first drill. I got, got some gummy bears into me after. So, yeah, you know, started on the line, went around. And, you know, I guess... Uh, I guess I won, so it's pretty cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, one of the next events was Hardest Shot, Kyle, and I think this was an easier one to maybe put some favorites to. It was Logan Mayus to lose, right? Had to be. Oh, it absolutely was. And I think that was the reason one, he went last in the competition, but other participants included Sam Dickinson, who we all know could shoot the puck and Isaiah George, who had the highest, who had the hardest shot up until Logan Mayu came in with 97 miles an hour. He can really rip it fourth round pick of the New York Islanders and Logan Mayo ended up shooting one at 97 miles an hour as well. So they went shot for shot to see who would, who would end up being the winner. Isaiah George then clocked in a shot at, I believe 92 miles an hour. And then Logan Mayo's final shot of the competition. One Oh two. A <laughs> hundred and two miles an hour. Talk oh, about NHL ready. Oh yeah. That's an NHL shot. You don't get a chance to clock your shot a lot. <laughs> 102. Did you think it would go over 100? I was hoping. Well, that's the first time I've ever clocked it, if I'm being honest with you. So I was hoping I could get it. I had no clue, but I was, that, was, that was my hope, and uh, I got it, luckily. So it was cool, for sure. So how about that shot? Did you get all of that? Did you hit that nice and clean? I'd say so. Maybe I had a little more in me, too. I'm not, not going to lie. Maybe. But who knows? But it was all right. It was good enough. So we got the win. That's all that matters. Got the win for the team. Logan Mayu on his team's victory, but certainly firing a puck 102 miles per hour, which he's probably done. You just don't have the clock on it to know it. And then let's hear from Ryan Humphrey, because this ended in some breakaway competitions, shootout competitions. But Kyle, it took essentially a shootout after a shootout. So shootout overtime in order to finally get a winner shootout overtime. The way it worked was if you won a competition, you scored three points for your team. If you got second, you scored two. And if you came in third, you scored one by the end of the shootout competition, team McKinnon was the winner. So they got three points, but team may you only got one and team McGurn had two which meant that Team McGurn and Team Mayu at the end of all the competitions were tied at 10 points apiece. So the remaining shooters from each team were Team Mayu's Ryan Humphrey and I believe Matthew, not Matthew Paris. Matthew Paris won the whole thing. I believe it was Sean McGurn mm-hmm. that was shooting and Sean McGurn missed his shot and Ryan Humphrey to win it all came down and well, buried it with a beautiful 
fake shot, backhand, forehand. Zach Bowen's going one way. Ryan Humphrey's going the other way. The gloves come off. The celebration is here. And in a very dramatic fashion, they win it. And it was an abs- it was a blast. That's like my go-to. I, I was messing around at first, and I was out. And then we got a reboot, so I got a little lucky. But that's my go-to. And Bowen went sliding to the left and tucked it in. Another championship for the trophy case. Congratulations. That's all that matters. Thank you. <laughs> well, that capped off an amazing afternoon. There were other competitions in the mix, the accuracy competition. We've got to give a shout out to Hayden Simpson, who is Rob Simpson's son. Rob is the associate general manager of the London Knights. And Hayden was out there. He plays for the Elgin Middlesex Chiefs. And accuracy with a crowd, with the Knights watching, the pressure, and he nailed it. Mike, he so the way it worked was there were many nights on each team and, and Hayden Simpson was one of them. I believe he was representing team McGurn. Well, in the accuracy shooting competition, only Ryan Winterton beat him. He was second overall and scored two points for Sean McGurn's team. You love to see it. The crowd was fired up. The players were fired up. It was, it was something else to see. He also scored twice in the elimination shootout with a little flip up Pavel Datsuk move. And then he went backhand on, I think, I think Bowen afterwards. It was awesome. Well, that just made the day. And so the London Knights have some fun. You heard Logan Mayu talk about, we want to win. We like winning. And that was what his team did. Now the Knights have to go out and get some wins. First place is still a possibility. We will set up the weekend after the Windsor Spitfires take on the Guelph Storm on the next episode of the Night Shift. And that will come out on Thursday. And then it will make way for the Knights and the Spitfires, a home and home on Friday and Saturday, and then a finish against the Kitchener Rangers at home. That's a 6 p.m. start coming up on Sunday going to be an absolute blast and you know mike i i know you'd kind of mention it but we do want to give a shout out again cameron baber cody morgan and jason wilms they win the university cup with a three to nothing victory in the championship uh all of course former knights players and all of them representing very well as uh as well uh two of those guys actually were all three of those guys on the roster last year were two of them i know cam uh, baber cody morgan jason wilms might have been the the year or two prior he was. He was in the 1920 season that didn't right. get a chance to finish. So, oh, and so the good. weirdest part about that, Kyle, uh, just shows what happens after you finish your OHL career. Mike Petizian was never a fan favorite. He played for the Kitchener Rangers, and he ended up scoring the overtime winner in Game 7 last year that gave Kitchener a first-round victory over the London Knights in the OHL playoffs. Mike Batesian was on that team as well. So we went head to head all of a sudden line up together and they win the university cup. Amazing stuff. Congratulations to all of them. And we're back on Thursday for another episode. As Mike mentioned, to preview the final weekend of the regular season before playoffs kick off on March 31st. We know game one and two will be at Budweiser gardens. We don't know who's going to be visiting. All that and more, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as globalnews.ca, at Stubbs980 on socials with two Bs, at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. Mike, great seeing you yesterday, and we'll talk later on this week. Sounds great.